welcome you to the table tonight. We are, um, we feel like we're in over our heads a little bit with this uh, teaching of Revelation. And so um, we were going to move, we were going to go to heaven tonight. We had talked about going to heaven, but I don't think we're quite ready to go to heaven yet. Um, even with our studying, we get, we have questions and um, I, I try to stay up on like the comments and stuff of each, each episode. And there was a lot of comments that I just don't feel we're ready to move on past this topic because the people who commented, um, and it's okay to disagree, you know, whatever, but I mean, some of these are pretty far-fetched, um, and the context of scripture is taken out of context as far as like someone said, there's no such thing as the physical removal of the church from earth, uh, John 17, 15. Um, did you want me to read that? You can. It, it don't. It doesn't matter um, because it's not in the right context. As far as that verse is actually talking about protecting us here and not letting us die, versus John seventeen fifteen, um, where this person has said that it's it's. Um, it says, "I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one." Yeah. So that doesn't mean that that's not talking about the rapture or the tribulation. That's just talking about our everyday war with Satan. And so, um, and then there was a few others that were talking about, you know, there wasn't a, a, a rapture or the, it's, it's already happened. It's in our past instead of our future. And so we're going to sit here for a minute. And, and actually we've talked about possibly having my Sunday school teacher, Jesse Newman, come in next week, if he can, um, and talking about some of this stuff and with Bible prophecy and stuff, because we're going through a, a Bible study now that's from David Reagan. And it really is, is narrowing down the verses and, and it helps you kind of understand, because my thing is I have no background in any of this. I mean, uh, my church has never talked about prophecy. It never talked about what was going to happen. Um, we just didn't go to Revelation because it was just too hard to understand. And so now that we are here in the time that we're in, in the end days, um, we need to really focus on Bible prophecy. And I think that it's really, it's by no mistake that we're doing Bible prophecy in our Sunday school class because I think it helps prepare us for here because Jesse asked a question last week, like, you know, what is Bible, what does Bible prophecy mean for today, mm -hmm. you know? And um, we were talking about the 300 prophecies that were prophesied for Jesus' coming, for his birth, that said he would be born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin. Um, you know, he would be from uh, the root of David and, and just everything that it says about his birth up until his death where he was pierced in his side, his legs, his, no bones were broken. He was crucified between two thieves. And the biggest thing about that one is that when that was prophesied, there was no such thing as crucifixion. They would stone people to death. And so crucifixion, that was hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And so there was no such thing as crucifixion. And so um, it was just stoning. And, and Rome brought crucifixion later on. Um, there was also that he would, ride, he would be, ride on a donkey. Yeah, he would come in on a donkey and they would do the palm trees. I mean, so there were over 300 prophecies that were prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And every single one of those prophecies came true. There's not one that didn't come true or halfway came true. Every one of them completely came true. And so when we talk about prophecy, 
what makes my faith so strong is the fact that all of those prophecies came true. What does that say for the prophecies of the second coming? Well, to me, it says that I need to get my life in order and I need to believe what the Bible says. Because if it was correct the first time, it's going to be correct the second time. And there's many prophecies that are coming true right now. Um, what's going on in Israel and the Jews are going back to Israel. They're, they were they were drawn away from the original language that they spoke and now they're coming back to speaking that language and so it's it is the prophecy of the valley of the dead bones where the jews come back i've heard you say you know there was no one that spoke the the language and they've they've come back and they've started from scratch speaking the language That's that's the valley of the dead bones where the jews will come back to israel and everything will be brought back and so to me I, I can't, I don't understand how people, like it is so clear to me and um, I let scripture say what scripture says. I don't try to say, oh, well, that's symbolic. And there are some symbolic things in there, but some things are just what they are. And I think we try to, um, you know, for me, I don't care one way or the other. I just want the truth. And so if it says this, then that's what I'm going to believe. If it says that, then that's what I'm going to believe. I don't have a away I just want to know what is going to happen and so like I have no dog in the fight the Bible is the Bible and it defends itself and so when when we talk about prophecy it's very important to read it and believe it because I mean God says it will happen what he has got planned he is sovereign um often people experience anxiety when they think about the future but it doesn't have to be that way Um, For those who know Christ, you should have thoughts of eagerness and comfort. And that's in Proverbs 31, 25. It says she smiles at the future. And why does she smile at the future? Because she trusts God. Mm -hmm. And so that's for me, that's where my faith is so big because I absolutely trust everything that his word says. Um, I have two keys here that um, for surviving the end time and and we have to understand that God is sovereign and in control of everything and he knows the future and is in control of what happens and so we don't need to worry about what's going to happen we just have to trust the one who is in control of it um, and that takes away a lot of anxiety for yeah. me um, the Bible says remember the former things long past for I am God and there is no one like me Um, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish my good pleasure. Truly I have spoken. Truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely I will do it. And that is Isaiah 41. um, I think that's 9 through 11. Um, There's no other God like him. And he will do what he says he's going to do. There's no doubt about it. You don't have to wonder because it is it has been proven mm-hmm. with the birth. So, um, you want to share anything as far as like um, some of your verses? I, you know, let me get to that one verse that um, when we're talking. Because our biggest thing is like understanding the timeline. That is, I think that's the hardest about the end days. Studying this, I just realized like I know nothing. 
It is very hard. So we'll just listen to Christy. No, no. <laughs> she was like, can I just read Bible verses tonight? So I literally, I tried to like, I took so many notes and then I'm like, I don't even know how to put all this together. Yeah, it is. It, there's just so much because there's so much that happens at the end time because you've got the rapture of the church, the tribulation, the great tribulation, the um, battle of Armageddon, when that's when Jesus comes back to earth. Then you have the millennial kingdom. And then you have the great white throne judgment. And then you have the new heaven and the new earth. I mean, it is it is a lot to, to be in one little. And there's world. all these little things to understand that happen in each of those. Yeah, like who's going to get to do this? And who's who's that? Because, I mean, some of the, the plagues are not even for the Christians. They're just for the people who have the mark of the beast. And it's a lot. It's a lot. So give us some grace as we try to... Um, you know, talk about this and we're trying to make it as simple as possible and we won't get everything. We won't touch on everything. We won't get everything absolutely correct, but we're trying to get it to where we have some sort of understanding about, we'll leave all the hard stuff to the scholars and the theologians and things like that, but we just want to have some type of understanding of what we have to look forward to as believers in Christ. Um, the Bible tells us and outlines what will happen in the end days. And the Bible is God's revelation to us. Um, when the Bible speaks about what will occur, we can believe it. Um, it's predictions about the future. The Bible says no prophecy was ever made. And this is what is so good because when people say, oh, well, the Bible was written by man. This is what the, this is what, um, the Bible says. The Bible says no prophecy was ever made by the act of a human's will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. That's 2 Peter 1 through 21. So he's declaring that everything that is in this book, although it was penned by a human's hand, yeah. it was through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that was spoken from God. And so that's what we have to understand. Um like Notre Dame, he was he was a he was a false prophet. And and when you do prophecy, it has to come true. So like Notre Dame, he, there was all kinds of things that didn't come true. So, you know, um, every time the Bible has predicted an event, it has happened exactly as scripture has said it would happen. And the Bible has never once been wrong. Um, we don't have to defend this book. Yeah. It defends itself. And it has for 2000 years. When, when someone comes at you and wants to say that you're wrong, or you're teaching, show me. That's just like um, on the comment here when they were taking us to John 17 or what 13, whatever it was, um, she and I went straight to it. And we understood that that was taken totally out of context. That wasn't taken for the revelation. It was, Jesus was praying for us saying, you know, don't take them out of the world means don't let them die. Just keep them from the evil one. And so he was praying for us for our daily lives to be protected, um, from Satan. So, um, that's why you have to find somebody to be that that preaches on prophecy that that you can trust because you don't because satan he he perverts the word of god and he twists the the scriptures and so we have to be really really careful when we read these that we're understanding what it says and i i'm guilty of it i'm i'm guilty of just taking a verse and trying to make it mean what I want it to mean. I mean, I think we all are, but that's part of learning. And, and, um, and the Lord, you know, he's understanding and there's grace and there's mercy and, and the Holy Spirit teaches you. That's what you have to really understand. And so like when you sit down to start listening or, um, doing a Bible study, 
ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the word to you. And he will. It says, it, it says that if you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you. And so every night I ask, increase my wisdom, increase my knowledge. I want to know you more. And he knows your heart. He knows if you're sincere. Um, increase my boldness, increase my courage. Um, and he does it. He does it. He helps me understand. And at, at times I feel like pulling my hair out, you know, when I'm reading it. But I just have to take a breath, step away for a little bit. That's how and I come felt back. studying for this. And, 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 you, and like when you first start studying it, you will not know what's going on. And then you'll listen to somebody else who, you know, I, what I do is I'll type in what I want to learn and then I'll go through and look, look for the pastor or I'll type in John MacArthur or Jack Hibbs or David Jeremiah. I'll listen to their sermon on it because they will explain it differently and you'll be able to understand um, a little bit more. Um, so, so Bible prophecy is very, very important. And that's kind of what, that's what revelation is. This is a prophecy of what is going to happen. And so three questions we should ask ourselves, how should I interpret the Bible about future events? Um, and I answered that question as facts. And over 300 of the prophecies were, were fulfilled and correct and for a fact for the birth of Jesus and his death and resurrection. Um, so for me, I mean, how does that make you feel to know that 300 of them came true and then you've got all these other prophecies that are towards the end, how does, how does that make you feel as far as it encourage? It's encouraging. It gives me hope. Like if yeah. it's, if he can make all this happen, that's already happened. I know that the rest of it's yeah. going to happen. So it's not like he's going to, and there's not one that didn't come true. That's the thing about it. Like you can go back to the old Testament or you can go to Google and type in all of the prophecies that prophesied Jesus's birth and death and resurrection. And then go to the New Testament and it will give you where it was fulfilled. The problem is people don't believe in Jesus. Well, so they're still waiting on that. There's still 300 prophecies that they say, like um, in Islam or the Jewish people, they're waiting for their Messiah. Well, Jesus fulfilled all 300 and they missed him. They didn't believe it. So this is why we're where we are um, and, have, and the, with the tribulation because they crucified our Savior. And then God rose, raised him from the dead. It didn't matter that they crucified him because God had a different plan. Um, what does the Bible say will happen in the end times? And so when you read, it, it tells you what's going to happen. It tells you about, you know, the, the, the biggest, I think, thing that we all don't agree on is when the rapture is going to happen. Um, some people say, I, I can't understand the other ones. I have tried. I have listened to sermons. I've listened to verses or people talk about post-rapture, mid-rapture. It, it just doesn't line up. Well, a lot all. of the preachers that we have listened to used to be like post-tribulation, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. those kind of things, or yep. post-rapture or whatever. Yep. But um, they've all studied and have come to the understanding that yeah. they believe in the pre-rapture. Yeah. Pre and, pre and, and I think rapture. that your biggest thing that you have to understand with the rapture is you have to understand the Jewish culture. So Jesus always brings it to a marriage ceremony. Okay. Well, in the Jewish marriage ceremony, like we always say that we're the bride of Christ. We're not physically the bride of Christ. We are spiritually the bride of Christ. So there's no physical relationship with us and Jesus. It's a spiritual relationship. And he used the, the, the ceremonies of the Jewish 
marriage ceremony where he would go and, um, you know, the price, the man would have to give uh, something of value to, for the woman to, to be his wife. Well, that was his son. You know, he gave his life and death. And so that is, that's what we hold on to. And then there's a time and every Jewish man would say to the wife that he is betrothed to, and they didn't do courting or dating or anything like that. Like you didn't touch each other. And there was a period of time and um, he would go back and he would say, um, I will come back. I'm going to go prepare a place for you and then I will return and take you. What does you. that sound yes. like? And that is what Jesus says to us, you know? And so we're in this betrothal, 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 something like that. Period. One of them. Yeah. yeah. The period of time where um, Jesus is gone to make a place for us. Um, and so he's coming back. And so that is the whole the whole thing that that's where we are right now. So um, here are some of the prophecies that were prophesied. His birth, his life, the betrayal, his death, resurrection. He was born in Bethlehem, performed miracles, betrayed by a close friend for 30 pieces of silver. I mean, that was hundreds Specific. of years before Jesus was even born. He was pierced in his hands and his feet. He died with thieves and buried in a rich man's tomb. Uh, he resurrect, re resurrected on the third day. All these were predicted hundreds of years before Jesus was born, and they were all fulfilled. Um, someday in the future, no one knows, but God will end the church age. That's where we'll, that's what we're in right now. And that started at Pentecost in Acts 2 with Peter when he stood up and uh, prophesied that Jesus was the Messiah um, and, and, and told everybody that he was the Messiah. The, the, this event is known as the rapture and God will remove all believers in Christ from the earth in preparation for his final judgment. So you want to read 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 18. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That's right. That's if they're comfort verses. So if we were going through the tribulation, what comfort would that be? It would be nothing like that. Um, there, after the rapture, there's going to be turmoil um, of epic proportions um, when an, an untold number of people will disappear from the earth. Um, it will cause panic and will demand a strong leader who will have the answers to the world's problems. So there's going to be, that is the Antichrist. Revelation 13, 1, the Antichrist will arise and a slow, and I don't know what my writing is right there, something, show a covenant, I don't know, do some kind of covenant with the nations of Israel, um, which will begin the seven-year countdown to Christ's second coming, and that's in Daniel 9, 27. The crazy thing about, like, people, um, They'll say, oh, well, I think Jesus, they don't understand like the rapture and the second coming that are two totally different events. Um, and I wrote this down in here, made some more notes here, got notes everywhere. Um, in the rapture, 
there's a translation of believers, which that's where our bodies are transformed into our glorified bodies. And, it, and that's the bodies being changed from one type of matter to another. So our, for our earthly bodies will be turned into our glorified bodies. During the second coming, there's nothing like that. There's no type of change mentioned of our bodies being transformed into anything else. Um, in the rapture, the saints go to heaven. In the second coming, the, re the saints return to earth with Jesus. Um, the rapture is at any moment, and at the second coming is at the end of the tribulation. So you know when Jesus is coming back because we, it's a seven-year period. You can break it up in three and a half years to three and a half years. You can say 42 months and 42 months, or you can say that when the Antichrist steps into the temple and he declares himself as God, then 1,260 days later, Jesus will return to earth. You know the day that Jesus is going to return to earth. So the rapture, it says no one knows. It's in a twinkling of an eye. Mm -hmm. That is not the second coming because the second coming, when that Antichrist stands in there, we know exactly that in 1,260 days, Jesus is going to be back at earth. So there's no, there's no twinkling of an eye or no one knows. Um, the rapture will begin the wrath of God. The, the second coming ends the wrath of God. Um, Jesus comes for his saints in the rapture. And in the second coming, he comes with his saints. In the rapture, the saints are the only people who see Jesus because we meet him in the air and everybody else is just like, where did everybody go? You know, no one knows. In the second coming, everyone sees him coming. It says every eye will see and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord two totally different events and we we have to understand that so you know when people say the rapture is has already happened and we're in the millennial kingdom i i just i i show me show me yeah. in scripture where it says that um the bible also says that the great tribulation that happens has never happened before on earth and it will never happen again so tell me what has happened on this earth that has never happened before on earth? If we're in the tribulation right now, as people say we are, tell me the events that have happened that have never happened before on earth. We've had killings and massacres and we've had all kinds of stuff. We've had tornadoes and floods and wars and everything. So tell me. It, it, it doesn't make sense. So that's why I'm pleading with you. And regardless of what you believe about the rapture or the second coming, you know, I, I, it, it's just hard for me because the Holy Spirit, like I said, teaches me. And I have a hard time believing that, that you can believe that we've already, like we're going through the tribulation or we're in the millennial kingdom right now. Or how they come to those conclusions. Yeah, and you're, you're saying the Holy Spirit is teaching you that. that that's hard for me to understand or really accept because the Holy Spirit has taught me I am an unlearned uneducated 47 year old I'm not 48 yet um who has no education whatsoever other than high school and a little bit of college and the Holy Spirit teaches me this gives me the desire to to know not that I'm always right but I trust the people I, I trust God's word and and that's everything's what is what it is it's what it says so how should the Bible say 
what the Bible says about the future affect the way I live my life today? You want to answer that? I'll put you on the be spot. Christ-like. Yeah. Because if you him, believe have a relationship, God, believe in him. I mean, if, 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 if we knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what would your night look like? Yeah. I'd be at everybody's door, knocking on everybody's door. Like, hey, Jesus, come back tomorrow. You know, because you want everybody to go. So You're exciting. Off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so, let's see. There wouldn't be any dread. Like, no. you know. No. Um, the three and a half years will reign. He will reign over the earth. This is the Antichrist with the promise of peace, but it will be a false peace. There will be no escape. Wars, earthquakes, famines will escalate. Matthew 24, 7. Then he will enter and rebuild the temp- in a rebuilt temple and proclaim himself to be God and demand worship. Then the true God will respond with the great tribulation. So the first part of the tribulation, the first three and a half years, you'll have just a little bit of stuff going on. But then that last three and a half years when he says he's God and he demands all hell will break loose on earth. I mean, he will demand worship. And if you don't worship him, he will chop your head off. I mean, that's, that's just... That'll be when they t- have to take the mark, right? Yes. Um, and then the, and the great tribulation. It, 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 will, be, it will be hell on earth. Um, such things have not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor will, will they, unless those days have... This is, what it, this is how bad it's going to be. Unless those days have been cut short, life would not would not have been saved for the sake of the elect. Those days will be cut short. And that's Matthew 24, 21 through 22, because there will be people who are saved during the tribulation. And it's because of them that he's not making it as bad as it, as it could be. Untold loss of life and destruction on earth will occur, but also large numbers will come to faith in Christ. Yet so many will do so at the cost of their life. Now, not everyone will die. Because no one will go into the millennial kingdom because it will just run. When Jesus comes back he, and he does the battle of Armageddon and he wipes out every non-believer that is there and his enemies, then we will go straight into the millennial kingdom on this earth. We do not get a new earth or a new heaven and a new earth during this time. We will live on this earth and we will reign and rule with Jesus in the millennial kingdom in Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if they'll be Kentucky and Tennessee. I don't know how that works. But I know that if you are a believer, you will be in Jerusalem ruling and reigning with Jesus. Um, and then, we for a thousand years, people will, there will be people with, we will have um, glorified bodies. And the people who have made it through the tribulation, they will have regular bodies. And they it will be like Noah. They have to start all over for a thousand years. We will repopulate the kingdom. And that's when it all gets confusing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a lot. It's like a lot. You just don't want to be on the wrong side of the team. You want to be team Jesus. You do, And, and if, you, if you are left behind, you want to be saved as quickly as possible. Um, because you could lose your life. Or you can, you know, the goal is to make it through. I, I pray that you make it through and you will become this great leader and you lead many people to Christ and Jesus because your reward and have, or on the new earth will be great. Um, okay, so let's go to um, read Joel 3, 2. I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Yes. Then I will enter into judgment with them there. 
on behalf of my people, my inheritance Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have divided up my land. Okay, and then read Revelation 16, 13 through 16. So that's Old Testament and then New Testament. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of, the, of God the Almighty. Uh, behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk away walk about naked and men will not see his shame did you want 16 yep yep and they gathered them together to place with to the place which in hebrew is called armageddon yep so that's joel's talking about that where he will gather everyone together in that valley the messiah will return at this point to destroy his enemies and claim the world which is rightfully his um and now Re revelation 19 11 through 21 and I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written on him which no one accepts, no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes the sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in mid-heaven, Come assemble for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of the kings, and the flesh of commanders, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves, small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his images, his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. That's so sick that after the battle of Armageddon, they say that the blood that will be in that valley will be four feet deep and then he will call all of the birds to eat the flesh of everyone that was killed by Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy. Seems very crazy. And you know, um, today I was listening to the sermon and we've all, as a kid growing up, you either go to heaven or go to hell. You know, that's what I've always been taught. But that is not correct. Heaven and hell are just a temporary holding place for people who die. If you have if you are in in jesus you will go to heaven for well if you like there's some people have been in heaven since jesus for two thousand years um prior to jesus no one was in heaven because there was no heaven the only way to heaven was jesus and so there was abraham's bosom so if you haven't even got to that part that's that's even crazy so um so when jesus died and rose from the grave that's when heaven was opened and for two thousand years people have been in heaven we so if we go in the rapture 
We will be there for seven years and seven years only. We will come back to this earth with Jesus. We will reign for a thousand years. And at the end of the millennial king, or millennium kingdom, then there will be a new heaven and a new earth that will come down. That's our final resting place. If you are in Christ Jesus, you will live on this earth in flesh and bones like we are right now on a new earth. It will all be perfect with no sorrow, no nothing. It will be perfect. It will be like it was meant to be. In yes. The yes. Now, if you are not in Jesus Christ, when you die, you go to hell. Now, there is no resurrection for you. You will be in hell until after the rapture. You will be in hell until after um, the tribulation. You will be in hell until after the millennial kingdom. At the end of the, that thousand year reign, everyone is resurrected. And that is the great white throne judgment. That is not whether or not you go to heaven or hell. That is how much hell you're going to get. So at the throne, at the great white throne, you will either get level one of hell, level two of hell, or level three of hell. But that, but that's not the hell that you'll go to. You won't go back down to the same hell. You will be thrown into the lake of fire. So the lake of fire is your eternal state that you will be forever and ever and ever and ever. So heaven and hell right now are just a holding place um, until the new kingdom comes or you're thrown into the lake of fire. So there's so many things that I have learned that I did not understand. I was a child for one, um, but the Holy Spirit has really taught me along with other pastors that I've listened to. And, um, you know, I encourage you to, to, this is your soul, you know, that don't take someone else's word for it. This is a big deal and this is happening soon. And Christ will reign with his saints for a thousand years and fully restore Israel to her land. At the end of the thousand years, final judgment of the great white throne, followed by the eternal state, either with God or without God. These events are not speculations or possibilities. They are what will take place in the future, just as his first coming will happen, and it will happen for the second. So you have to understand that we are, this is where we are, yeah. and your soul matters, and don't, this isn't something that happened, I mean, since 2020, it's like escalated. And and it's because, and prophecy is like, he's told us what will, what will happen, because when it does happen, we'll be like, oh, that's what it mm -hmm. says in Revelation. Or that's what it was saying. So prophecy is, so you will believe it. Um, it's hard to understand everything, but that's why it's so important to study and to, to put your time because everything you're doing right now on earth, if it isn't for this or with this, it's going to burn. Everything you work for, all of your old cars or, or if you have a hobby of fishing and your whole wall is covered with fish or if you're a, you know, a golfer or you are a professional shopper or gambler, whatever you are, yeah. whatever you consumes your time, it's not even going to be brought, be brought up. What's going to be brought up is what you have done with the the spiritual gift that the Lord has given you, and and you know, so even the smallest little things that you've done for the Lord, yes, you will. There's reward for that. Just for going in your closet and praying, He rewards those people who, who you know, He wants the absolute best for you. And so this should encourage you. This should bring you comfort, not make you run away or be scared. You know, um, so. Hopefully next week we will have Jesse. We've never had a man at the table before. So, um, but Jesse is great. 
And I've known Jesse since I was a little kid and didn't even know Jesse was Jesse until about maybe six months ago. Um, and it's funny how the Lord brings things full circle. But he is, uh, he's, our, he's our Sunday school teacher and he rides a Harley Davidson and um, he loves the Lord. And he is, he, 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 I mean, you can tell he's got so much wisdom in, in prophecy because that's what he studies. And so hopefully we'll get him to come on here next week and answer some hard questions um, that we can't answer yeah. and help maybe shed some light on everything. But, you know, I listen to Alan Nolan. Um, he is a teacher. He's a preacher. But, you know, some people have a gift of teaching, you know, that can really help you understand what's going on. And I recommend you to, he's got sermon after sermon of anything that you have any questions on. Jack Hibbs is unbelievable. I listen to him all the time. Yes. John MacArthur, he's a little bit harder. So he's a more meaty, um, probably like you need to be a little, I mean, John MacArthur is just John MacArthur. I mean, he is bold and he don't sugarcoat anything. Jack Hibbs is the same way, Jimmy Evans. I mean, we say these names every time because they are who help teach us. I, I have, don't really listen to women. I haven't been. Once you get a love for the Lord and his word, I don't want any froth. I feel like women froth things. And maybe that's what I need is a little froth. Because a lot of people, you know, struggle with my teaching because I am so bold. But maybe I need a little froth. But we don't have time for froth. We don't have time for marshmallow, um, sugar cubed word from God. We need, because your soul depends on it. And, um, so I love Bible study. I love the word. I love being able to stand on it. And, um, I don't know. I love being here with you. I do. I, I'm so thankful for Lisa. Um, I was telling my pastor today, he was, uh, going through some things and, um, you know, it's hard to stand for the for, for God. It's hard because you have critics everywhere. They come out of the woodwork. They're like a bed bug or something, you know. It just comes out, <laughs> comes out, just, you know, annoyance. And people are, you know, critical of everything you do, the way you chew gum, the way you walk, whatever. And um, so today I was able to encourage him. He was talking about, um, you know, people kind of, you know, who fall away or go different directions in their life. And that's fine. People get to go and do whatever they want to. But I told him, I said, you know, when we first started the table, there were, there were six, six of us that started the table and it was a powerful table. We, we all had powerful testimonies and, uh, but the Lord has a, has a plan for different people. Like some are in counseling now and, and things like that. But every time someone would leave this table, it would break my heart. Because I knew the Lord had called me to this table. And, I mean, I would be heartbroken because I, of loss. You felt like you lost somebody. But now, being here now with just me and Lisa, the growth that we have experienced, not that we wouldn't have experienced with other people, but now I just know that the Lord has a plan and He's sovereign over everything in our lives. And there are times when the Lord will remove people from your life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for a bad reason. It could just be for he's got a different thing for them to do. You have to learn to let people go. And you have to trust the Lord that he has your best interest and their best interest at heart. And that's just been a lesson that I've learned. And I was so glad that I could encourage my pastor. Because sometimes the Lord wants to take you to a place. Mm -hmm. And the people that are involved can't go there. Or they can't help you get there. And that's kind of like what our church is experiencing right now. 
the Lord is going to elevate our church. And there's just some people that can't get us to that level. And so you have to learn to let go and still love them and wish them well, but let them go. And so those are just some hard lessons, I think, in life that we have to. Um, and that's as you as you walk with the Lord, the closer you get to the Lord and the, and the more that you start changing your life, you're going to have to let people go because they will hold you back from what the Lord has planned for you. So that's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. So we will be back next week, hopefully with Jesse. Mm -hmm. We'll put him right smack dab in the middle. He's real tall and skinny. So we'll kind of look, we'll put him, he'll be a thorn between, between two roses or something like I that. That's what we'll tell all three of us. No, we may have to switch our, we can. He's skinny. He's a skinny man. So we will see you next week.